0: I'm Autumn Brown, a queer science fiction writer, a theologian, a parent in desperate need of a shower, and a healing justice facilitator for social movements living on Dakota and Anishinaabe land currently known as Minneapolis.
1: And I'm Adrian Marie Brown, a possibly even queerer writer, student of miracles and love emergent strategist and pleasure activist living in the land of the Lumbee peoples, currently known as Durham, North Carolina.
0: And while it's not a competition, (laughs) this is How to Survive the End of the World.
1: Our very queer podcast (laughs) about learning from apocalypse with grace, rigor, and curiosity. And Autumn and I are having a blast today. We're very excited because we have Angela and Fanya Davis here with us for the Sibling Miniseries. Um, we can't believe this happened. It was a dream come true. Almost at the moment of articulating that we wanted to do this miniseries, y'all were uh, like the first siblings we thought of. We were like, oh, that would be so amazing. Um, <laughs> that would be that cool. That would be so cool. <laughs> <laughs> um, and... Both of you, in your own rights, have had incredible, incredible impact on the work of abolition, on the work of restorative justice, and on shaping how we imagine what this moment is in time and what can come. So we're super excited to be in this conversation with y'all. Um, and we always start off with a check-in, just going around and seeing how everyone's doing. So, um, Fanya, how are you doing?
2: Hi. It's so good to see both of your faces and to see my sister's face as well. Um, I am um, a little exhausted. You know, this is an eclipse, right? A full moon and an eclipse, right? Yes, we're in it. Did you intentionally choose to do our interview on this day? Yes, yes, that was on purpose. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'm I'm, um, just so... Honored to be in your presence and, and to uh, be with my sister. I, I think this is the first time um, we've ever done an interview. Maybe not the first time, maybe the second. Yes, did a very brief interview with us mm. a few years ago, Angela. Yeah. So eclipse notwithstanding and the power outage and power surge, you know, which I'm feeling a bit in my body, mm. notwithstanding. it's It's good to be here.
1: Beautiful. Mm.
2: Thank you. We're glad you're here.
1: Angela, how about you?
3: I'm actually doing well. I just came back uh, from a very relaxing uh, vacation. Um, Ooh. Ooh. But, of course, now I'm dealing with the deadlines. Uh, so I'm, I'm, I'm trying to enjoy the memories of the margaritas and the beautiful sunsets <laughs> over the ocean
4: uh, but
3: I'm um, also frantically trying to catch up with my to-do list. Um, but this is a this is a, a very nice moment. So thank you so much for inviting me and, and my sister to to join you. Uh, so I'm feeling good. Um, well, you know, relatively. Yeah. <laughs> Not about the world. We'll talk about yeah. the world shortly. Yeah. I know we we,
1: we around these parts we call it like we're doing pandemic good. You know, like it's like in Mm -hmm. the context of everything being a complete chaotic Mm. mess.
4: Good. Mm
1: -hmm. Um, Mm. Thank you both for that. Autumn, how are you doing, sister?
0: Mm. I love the just that living in the memory of the vacation that just happened. I feel like I'm still calling on the memory of the vacation I took in August Mm. um, in my more stressful moments. Right now, I feel like I am crashing into the end of this week, um, and I wouldn't be able to put my finger on exactly what, f- what was so hard about it. I think it, some of it is just the chaos of, of single parenting yeah. and, um, and trying to meet so many people's needs, and um, but I am having a self... A a proud, proud self moment Mm. that I, I scheduled a massage for myself on Sunday. So I have, and I I scheduled a Zoom call with my best friend on Sunday evening. Mm. And I'm also planning to get a mani-pedi tomorrow because I don't have my kids this weekend. Mm. So I'm good. I'm proud of myself for like, okay, I'm, I'm doing some restoration of body and soul this weekend. Come what may. um yeah wonderful. so I'm mm-hmm. almost there I can feel that it's I'm almost there you know I'm proud of you sister um thank oh, you thank you I mean the massage is because of you you sent me that gift card I'm finally oh used yay <laughs> I was like girl you're supposed to use that it?
1: I'm gonna send you more cards
0: I know it was a month
1: ago um <laughs> what kind of
2: massage what kind of massage are you doing
0: Oh, I know that it's going to involve a hot stone experience, Ooh. but it's it's. I'm not sure what kind of massage therapist I'm going to be seeing yet. Um, I really I just booked of those the first vacation. person <gasps> available.
4: Ooh. You had I a hot have stone massage hot, on vacation.
3: Massages on vacation. It's really marvelous. It's oh. Were you on the beach in open air?
1: No. Um, Almost. <laughs> it was like a tent, kind of like a beach. There was a, a, there was banana, a door open. You know? Right, exactly, exactly. I just I like that we keep adding to this yeah. picture because obviously it nourishes all of us. <laughs> We're <all> like yes.
2: <laughs> and what? Else happened what in your color vacation? was the textile? <laughs> yeah, that's great. Well, Angela gave me a um, Angela and or her partner. Gave me a coupon for a Thai massage. Yes, Oh so I, I love Thai massage. Yes. It was amazing. Mm. Oh, amazing! I love two hours. The, yes, two hours of it.
0: All of them down like, the, the body. Passive,
2: yeah, passive stretches mm-hmm. through every joint, and um, just wonderful. But mm. they also
1: walk on your back. Yes, that's right. Ashiatsu, ashiatsu. That shit team. right there. My new, missus, yeah, my the new missus, <laughs> since I moved to the Durham, does massages. that. I'm like, wait, you just gonna stand up there until that knot is gone?
4: <laughs>
0: uh,
4: I give myself over
1: to you. I surrender completely. Um, yeah.
0: Adrian, Adrian, how are you, sister?
1: Um, I'm really happy right now, today, in this second, in this moment. Um, This conversation feels really exciting to have, and I'm excited to be present with y'all. In general, in life, it is a very overwhelming moment uh, of hard news, loss, grief cycles, um, wellness and health cycles. I mean, it's all happening concurrently. So I can feel the exhaustion. You know, when you said, yeah, I'm crashing into the end of the week, I'm like, and the end of the month and the end of the year, (laughs) all of it. So Mm -hmm. I definitely, I'm just sort of like, okay, this year, you, you know, I've kept my head above water. Although the truth is it's because I keep diving underwater that I'm making it. I have been really Mm -hmm. deeply committed to my swimming practice. Um, And Mm -hmm. like every day I'm just like, I'm like, I will do whatever I need to do to get that half hour in the pool because they only let you do a half hour slot. And I'm like, I could, if they would let me do a four hour slot, I would probably go for a four hour swim every day. Cause it just feels so, I'm just like, okay, this, this bear, this is bearable. This is wonderful. I feel like a mermaid. Mm -hmm. I know what to do in here. Um, Mm -hmm. So
0: you are, a mermaid. I am
1: a mermaid. I know what to do. Mm -hmm. If we were swimming Mm -hmm. in the world, I'd be good. I'd Mm -hmm. have it all figured out. So <laughs> that's me today.
2: I think there's some kinship there. Yeah. With Angela and me on the swimming. Yeah. Oh, it's so oh.
1: wonderful. It's yeah. Yeah, when I
2: was I was in Mexico in August and I spent at least two to three hours a day yes. staying out in the ocean. I I mean wow. if if that's the waves
1: way. are just coming in, I'm like, we are having a conversation. I am um, Fully receiving everything that the ocean wants to tell me. <laughs> like I could yeah, similarly mm-hmm. stay out there forever. Um, so the next thing we talk about is our rage, and I'm very excited to flume of rage with y'all, especially on a day mm. like today when um you know the universe is extra ridiculous with its news <laughs> do you want to kick us off with you want to bring us into our flume of rage?
0: There's so much to be mad about. Um, well, so as we're sitting here recording within the last hour, all of us, you know, just got the news about the acquittal on all charges of Kyle Rittenhouse. Um, which in and of itself would be enraging and i can't i can't help but like see that against the backdrop of the commutation of Julius Jones's mm-hmm. death sentence to life imprisonment without the possibility of parole sentence mm-hmm. and it's just it's almost too exhausting to say it for me, but it is the just the base absurdity of white supremacy to have these two things happen in the span of one week. Yes. You know, and, and particularly with the Julius Jones case that the parole board of Oklahoma <laughs> has repeatedly recommended that he be given the possibility of parole, mm-hmm. right? And all of the evidence suggests that he's innocent. I mean, I'm not even getting into the system itself, right? I'm just thinking about his case. Yeah. And so to have that decision come down and within days have this decision come down, mm-hmm. it's just, it the it's the distortion, the, the total distortion of the time that we live yeah. in and the distorted reality of or the enforced distorted reality of white supremacy mm. feels very yeah. enraging to me in this moment. And it's, it's feels sort of like, um, days like today, I feel like my body response is it's almost like I'm moving through mud or molasses or just some kind of substance mm. that is like causing my body to be unable to move um, with ease, yes. mm-hmm. it's like that you feel that, you know, the nervous system freeze set in. Mm-hmm. That's, that's that feeling that I'm having of because similar to <clears throat> instances that have happened over the last few years where there have been like a police, police murders in the community that I live in. Yeah. It's like the immediate sensation I feel is exhaustion. Yeah. Like my whole body just wants to, yeah. um, go down to the ground but i think that that's actually rage right Mm -hmm. i think it's like the rage overwhelming my nervous system and um so i i'm just feeling it i'm feeling a charge inside my body that's so overwhelming that i just want to crawl into my bed Mm -hmm. um -hmm. i'll stop there Mm -hmm. but that's what i'm that's what i'm feeling right now
1: thank you for naming that being vulnerable in it,
0: um,
1: Angela or Fania?
3: Yeah. Well, I think um, Autumn, you kind of expressed what um, all of us are feeling right now. It's, it's the confluence of, 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 of so many things uh, that brings back um, memories of uh, the summer of 2020, uh, of the the hope that was expressed uh, during that period. But now we're coming face to face with the realities, with the realities of white supremacy. Uh, I, I wanna add also to your um, list of the fact that um, this 80 year old man, uh, Mohammed Aziz was just um, released mm-hmm. yesterday uh, after spending some 60 years behind bars for um, um, having been convicted, falsely convicted, of assassinating Malcolm X. Uh, mm-hmm. and, and we've all known that the FBI was involved in that, that police were involved in that. And, mm-hmm. and he spent his entire life behind bars. Uh, um you know, usually I'm, I'm, I'm really upset about the fact that um, here in the U.S. we tend to live within our bubbles, or, yeah. you know, whether it's our communities or whether it's um, the entire country, we are generally mm-hmm. not that aware of what is happening outside of, of the country. So if on any other day you had asked me uh, what I was angry about, I would probably have said that People are not aware of what is going on in Brazil, are not attentive to Mm -hmm. what's happening in in, in South Africa, Mm -hmm. uh, don't really seem to care about what's happening to people in Palestine. But that's something that uh, I I reflect on every day and and, and make a commitment to um, urge people to think more expansively, more capaciously.
0: Mm -hmm. Mm. Mm -hmm.
3: Beautiful. Mm -hmm. Thank you
2: oh my God, it's just uh, so much uh, for us to bear, you know, this uh, endless um, succession of of, um, expressions of harm and white supremacy and and abuse and and just craziness. You know, it's, uh, you know, this, Day, this day of the eclipse, it's a season of the eclipse. It's going to be going on for a year and a half, apparently. And it's a time when all the shadow material, I mean, it's like we have been, and shadow material has been coming out in this country since the very beginning, but it does seem to be particularly heightened now. Mm-hmm. And um, I really honestly uh, work on myself to. Uh, be aware yeah. of my body and how I'm responding to um, what's going on and protect myself from uh, the, the negative effects of it. Not that I, it's, it's not not really numbing myself, but it's, it's like observing and witnessing myself through uh, all of this trauma that, is, uh, that uh, never ends. Mm-hmm. Uh, because I know if I don't establish mm-hmm. some distance that it will uh, destroy me, it'll overtake me. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, you know, a meditation practice, uh, yoga observing, um, even, especially when I'm really feeling emotional is, right. Right. Is a practice that that's essential for me. Mm-hmm. But to add to all of the things that you said about, you know, um, um, Aziz and and, uh, Rittenhouse, I was uh, learning today about how the fossil fuel lobbyists are trying to control the way that our children in schools learn about uh, climate catastrophe. Mm Uh, they are lobbying boards of education all across the country uh, to create curricula that essentially deny climate change because they know these children are the, are going to be the, you know, the leaders of the future.
4: Mm-hmm.
2: And then um, on Democracy Now! I saw that, uh, that, Angela, I don't know if you saw that animation about Petro Pete. One of the texts that they're using or digital books that they're using is about this young man, Petro Pete. Oh, no. Who has a nightmare one night. He has a nightmare that, you know, he he's getting up to go to school. His mom knocks on the door, uh, but he looks around. He can't find any mm-hmm. shoes. He can't mm-hmm. find any clothes. Then he goes into his bathroom. He can't find his toothbrush. He can't find his comb, so he can't comb his hair. His mom says, you got to go to school. You got to hurry up. He goes outside in his pajamas because there are no clothes and there's no bus there. And then he says, maybe I will, you know, take my bike to school. But then the tires aren't there on the bike. Oh, so i run this. And, <laughs> uh, and then he, he wakes up and he said, thank God that was a nightmare. Everything's in my room that I need. Yeah! Uh. Oh, uh. Wow! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is what they're teaching the children. <laughs> and
0: wow. Pete is such a cutesy name. That's un. That's that's wow, not fair. Wow, there. y'all! <laughs> we are trying to share Atropia. the planet with them.
1: We're trying.
0: <laughs> Adrian, what are you angry about, sis?
1: Well, you know it's interesting. As you were going through, as everyone was going through, I'm listening. I'm like, yes, I'm angry about that. I'm angry about all of those things, and I I feel what I often feel, which is I want to feel more surprised than I do, and so I feel like an anger about that. That I'm like, I'm I feel angry that all of it feels very expected. Um, there's a way a weight to that. Um, it makes me feel angry and disappointed at a collective level. Um, And then I think the other thing is I've just been reflecting on how angry I am about the urgency culture of capitalism and, and what it does to time, like the experience of time. Um, You know, I keep, I keep kind of joking that I'm like, I can't believe it's November, but I'm like, I truly, (laughs) I truly cannot keep up with, the way time is being presented to us and how much we're supposed to do inside of it and how much we're supposed to know and understand it's, it just feels like (laughs) this is not possible. And, um, and I feel the class aspect of it that I'm like, Oh, the, the poorer you are, the faster your time is used up um, by others. And I don't know. So I was just thinking, you know, and as you were sharing, it's just like, yeah, Mm -hmm. like, this is a society that thinks nothing of taking 50 years of someone's life um, just to be stubborn, you know, um, and that time that doesn't matter. And I think Apprentice Hempel, Prentice is always like, we're trying to reclaim Black time, like literally the moments. <laughs> um, so when it comes to climate, when it comes to abolition, when it comes to all these pieces, it's like so much of it for me is like pushing back against what, what capitalism is doing to time. Um, and, yeah, I feel that intensely in this season Is you know, I'm like, mm. y'all shadows, <laughs> your shadows make it hard to know that daylight is still there and it's coming. Um, but you've given us a schedule where we barely get to see it <laughs> anyway. Um, yeah. Yes. So I'm also mad at daylight savings five, you know me.
0: Right. Girl, I feel you. I have to, I have to. Sh- I have to share this. I know you hate it. I have to share this, that in that uh, sense of just the distortion of how we relate to time. Um, My birthday is coming up at the end of this month and I've been so underwater that I literally had to do math to figure out how old I'm going to be. (laughs) I had to be like, what is 2021 minus 1983? Like I could not remember. <laughs> oh no. I And when you said that you had to do the
1: math, I was like, oh, well that's easy. Cause I just subtract five years from my age. And then I was like, wait, <laughs> how old am I? I'm missing the one I? piece <laughs> of fixed data here. Uh, so, and I probably said that wrong math people, but. Exactly. Yeah.
0: So yeah, I feel you. I feel you. It feels weird that I'm I'm not able to track something as broad <laughs> like, and annual <laughs> as my birthday. <laughs> but but I am I am having to track, you know, hour by hour by hour yes. what need am I meeting That's at this right. hour, what need am I meeting at that hour. But
3: meeting. it's also pandemic time too. It's
0: pandemic time. It's pandemic time. And I,
3: I you know, I often cannot remember the day of the week or or <laughs> Yeah,
1: I'm just like, oh, is it a weekend?
3: Is it? Yeah,
1: exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, (laughs) Um, that's true. That is real. Thank y'all for fluming with us. Thank you all for helping us name the landscape we're in and moving through together. We always take a deep breath at the end. So deep breath in, let it out. We still have our miraculous breath, and we have miraculous legacies to explore. So we get to be in a conversation with y'all now about where you're from, how you were shaped, how you were politicized, and everything we need to know about you. So we're really excited to move into this with you. And we always start with the question, where are y'all from?
3: Birmingham, Alabama. And via uh, our parents are from uh, the country in yeah. Alabama. Um, our father is, is from Marengo County, and our mother is, um, um, uh-huh. what's the name of the county, Fania? Talladega. Talladega yeah. County. Uh, she's from Goodwater, Alabama, and Sylacauga, Alabama. I mean, it's so amazing that uh, hardly anybody has heard of Sylacauga. Have you ever heard of Silicaga? No, I have not. <laughs> I had a graduate student uh, who had relatives in Silicaga, a graduate wow. student at UC wow. Santa Cruz. Uh, you know, So um, I, I've actually experienced a Silicaga connection quite a few times. Mm-hmm. And
4: I don't know, there
3: they can't be more than uh, uh, 10,000 people, 8,000 people living in Silicaga. <laughs>
0: Wow. So your your parents both were from the country, from rural parts of Alabama, but the two of you
3: grew up in In Birmingham.
0: Yeah, Birmingham, Alabama. That's Mm -hmm. right, Birmingham.
3: Yeah. Uh I was born in the projects. Fanya, you were
2: born um, in the projects too. Reggie, our little brother, was born up on the hill on Dynamite Hill, which was our neighborhood.
3: Mm-hmm. Wow. Right, we moved from the projects uh, uh, to this area uh, that had just um, opened up to black people because, of course, during that period, everything was thoroughly segregated, uh, and, and including mm-hmm. the um, zones of the city, the neighborhoods. Yes. Uh, so we moved to an area where black people were allowed to um, buy houses uh, on one side of the main streets which was center street but not on the other side uh, uh, so we lived literally on the border of the black neighborhood we could yep. see uh white people who some of whom were members of the ku klux klan who lived right across the street from us uh, and we were literally not allowed to walk across the street uh, uh uh, to that part of uh, the the neighborhood, and I, you know, I often tell this uh, story about the games that we as kids used to play. This Fanya was probably too little to participate, uh, but um, we used to dare each other to run across the street, even though we knew that it was totally illegal oh, wow. for black people to be in that neighborhood unless they were uh, working for white people. So we would dare oh, each wow. other to run across the street. We would dare each other to ring the doorbell and try to make Your poor that, parents. The, our parents yes. had no idea we were doing this. And I found later, mm-hmm. I found out later that one of the houses where we did this was the house where members of the Ku Klux Klan lived. Oh, oh my but God. But it was fun. It was fun as well. Yeah, it was We fun. enjoyed it. It was great. Oh, yeah. And
2: Angela remembered too that we would uh, sit uh, on our front lawn, which was kind of up high. We were right off at the top, at the apex of the hill we would sit on the front lawn, and the cars would uh, drive by below, and we'd throw rocks at all the white people uh, driving cars. <laughs> you know, we I know that, right. right? Uh, if we were smart, we wouldn't have been doing that, but, but we were very lucky, you know, because we probably could have been lynched for that, or, you know.
3: Well, you know, and we also used to call out names, like Cracker. <laughs> 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 but, you know, what, what I think is important about that is that even as really young kids, we did not accept that situation. We fought back. Yeah. We even fought back with our games. And uh, we fought back even though it brought us joy. And it yeah. was like we would but, also you know, remember the Lyric Theater, which was white uh, on the bottom
2: and blacks had to go uh, to the balcony. We had to enter in the back. Uh. We'd go up into the balcony. And we drop popcorn on the heads. We of, throw
0: popcorn. And and always <laughs> no, so throw enough. popcorn down to white people. <laughs> I love everything about this. <laughs>
3: Our games. Yes.
2: Yeah. We're games of resistance. Wow.
3: I mean, that's true, that yes. they there they, they they, they were games that incorporated resistance to racism. Uh, uh, that, uh, I love that, and it was how we survived. It was uh, how we maintained our sense of ourselves and our our dignity. Yeah, uh, uh, it
4: mm-hmm. was how
3: we counted the fact that we were defined as less than human. And it was something that we mm-hmm. just
2: spontaneously did. We didn't sit down one day and organize and decide that we were going to engage yeah. in this action. We just that's just what how we played.
3: <laughs> and our parents had no <laughs> idea we were doing this. <laughs> no idea. <laughs> Because at the same time, um, and this will give you a sense of how we grew up, at the same time, uh, um, whenever there were strange voices or strange noises outside of the house, my father would go into the drawer and get his gun um, and go out Mm -hmm. and check out uh, uh, the the area around the house uh, because... Yeah, uh, a number of houses uh, uh, in our neighborhood had been bombed, especially when black people began to buy houses uh, on the other side of the street that I was referring to, and they were able to do that uh, because there were white people uh, who would buy the houses and then turn them over to uh, black people. This was uh, this was actually an organized effort to. A uh, 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 challenge, the segregated character of our communities, and oftentimes a, a, a black person would uh, buy um, a house across the street, and a bull Connor of um, you know the person, the the the, the 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 man who sicked the police dogs on on the freedom riders would go on the radio. And would say, uh, using the N word, uh, have uh, uh, are trying to move into our neighborhood. There will be bloodshed tonight, and and oftentimes uh, there was a bombing. Uh, the Klan would um, plant dynamite and 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 bomb a house across the street or or burn a house. Many of those houses ended up uh, being the targets of of of, of dynamite or fires. Uh, uh, so that, uh, so we were, you know, completely aware of the dangers. Uh, uh, and I, I can say finally that uh, for a long time, there was a patrol, an armed patrol of the community that was organized by, um, uh, by the men. You know, that's what happened in those days. Uh, we hadn't yet developed the kind of consciousness that we have now. So the, the men... Mm-hmm. Uh, would would arm themselves and would drive around and patrol the neighborhood to make sure that there were no attacks by by the Klan. This went on for many years. It was uh, it was actually wow. a kind of routine uh, patrol.
2: Yeah, yeah. So Birmingham was um, the most segregated. Birmingham was the most segregated city in the nation at the time, and the most violent city in the wow. nation. At the time, yeah. Mm-hmm.
4: Mm-hmm.
0: So hence the the name Dynamite yeah, Hill. Yeah, our
2: neighborhood was a particular target because, as Angela said, Black people were pushing the color line. Um, and, mm-hmm. you know, Bombingham also because there were more, a lot of people think of the bombing of September 15th, 1963, where two of my close friends um, um, uh, were, were taken. Uh, they think that mm. of that bombing, but there were so many other bombings. Um,
4: yeah. Yeah. yeah.
2: Yeah. The lawyer down the street uh, who actually practiced with uh, then um, and NAACP lawyer Thurgood Marshall uh, to bring down the walls of segregation and housing and education and employment Oh, his house was bombed like four times.
4: Yeah. Yeah.
2: And it was miraculous. Wow. Well, it was a miraculous. Our house wasn't hit. It's miraculous that no one ever died or was seriously injured in those bombings of uh, Attorney Shore's home. And he took to mm-hmm. sitting out on his porch with a shotgun. Yeah. And Angela, was, was yeah. there a firebombing at our church right across the street from Attorney Shore's
3: yeah, yeah, we went to um, a church. Um, our, well, I should say that our our father was Episcopalian, our mother was Congregational, uh, and oh. so we we kind of got shuttled between the two churches when we were very young. But eventually, we ended up uh, going to uh, the Congregational church. Uh, and around the time I was uh, eleven years old, uh, we had a an interracial discussion group at uh, the the church. Uh, uh, which, of course, uh, completely flaunted uh, uh, the, the the laws uh, of segregation, and um, we met mm. a few times. Um, um, I mean, it was very interesting because there were always white people, uh, largely Jewish people, who were uh, involved in efforts to support uh, black people who were challenging uh, racism. Uh, but i can remember that uh, that church was um firebombed that uh, a part of the church was burned because we were having those uh, uh discussions there uh, and you know it was just kids getting together talking that that's all it was uh, you know yeah. nothing nothing more uh, uh, but um we learned um as as uh, children that uh that it was so important uh, not to accept the uh, way things were, uh, mm-hmm. and you know, our mother had been involved in uh, quite a number of um, uh, radical um, movements. She was involved in the campaign to free the Scottsboro Nine. Uh, she was in, she was active in the Southern Negro Youth Congress, uh, which uh, was um, an organization um created largely by black communists uh, like Louis and, and mm. Louis Burnham Dorothy Burnham uh, Dorothy Burnham by the way is still alive yeah. she's like 100 and how old is she she hundred almost six. 100 and uh, yeah. Wow. We can um, her. She
2: doesn't have a sibling, unfortunately. Yeah, but, 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 but let me tell you something.
0: We'll find a, another
3: reason. <laughs> I just got a message uh, two days ago uh, from Dorothy, the 107 year old, asking me to friend her on Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> Wow. <laughs> that's awesome. And so we've been communicating through Facebook Messenger. Uh, but and, and she, That's amazing. <laughs> I love that. And Angela, that's uh, one of the rare
2: times that you're ever on Facebook, right? Yeah.
4: You know,
0: I lurk mm-hmm. on Facebook.
3: Yeah, yeah, I do. I, I go yeah. on Facebook. Oh, you I do? use it. I
0: Lurking is probably the best way to interact yeah. with it. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah. Um, I love, too, just knowing the... Uh, some of what I'm hearing too in your story is that the 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 healthy skepticism that children naturally have you know in in their environment, and that that skepticism was just it sounds like to some extent also really um yeah. encouraged yeah. you know yeah, our
2: mother our mother was um, just. Um, a model of of, uh, resistance in many ways. Angela talked about her history. um, And um, I remember going downtown with her, and when we'd get to the counter to pay for something, and uh, the kid behind the counter would say, here you go, Sally, here's your change. My mother said, "Uh, my name is Mrs. Davis, and if you can't call me by that name, I'm happy to take my business elsewhere. She was always very dignified but yeah. just, you know, just absolutely firm um, and, and uh, mm. not to be moved. Um, and so she was an incredible um, um, model for us. I remember going, remember at Atlantic Mills? It was one of the first box stores, Angela. I remember going there with her when I was about seven or eight. Oh, maybe. I guess it was in the early 50s when the sit in movements were starting. Uh, maybe I was a little bit uh, older, but I remember going to the white restroom and drinking out of a white water fountain and using the bus, sitting in the, again, very fortunate that, you know, we weren't, I wasn't arrested. Yeah. I wasn't punished in some way for uh, violating uh, the segregation laws. Uh, but this is just kind of who we are or who we were as a family. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But, yes. you know, I
3: think it's really Can important you... to um, point out that we had opportunities uh, uh, that uh, that a lot of people didn't, a lot of kids didn't have. Mm-hmm. Uh, precisely because of our parents' friendship with uh, Dorothy and Louis Burnham, uh, when mm-hmm. they, were run, mm-hmm. they were run out of Birmingham, uh, they're from New York, uh, Bull Connor re- literally ran them out of Birmingham. So they had to leave. Uh, they had to leave like uh, uh, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, after they received death threats. Uh, so they 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 moved back to New York, and we had the opportunity to visit them almost every summer in New York. Uh, my mother got her okay. master's at NYU, mm-hmm. and while we all stayed with the Burnham. So we got to experience a very different kind of uh Life. I mean, I, I'll never, I'll never forget when I saw black people speaking Spanish, because <laughs> you know, i had never even heard a, a, a foreign language. Um, and and, wow. and so, um, my mother always said, you know, travel will broaden your horizons. So she encouraged us to go elsewhere. You know, whether in our imagination and dreams or whether in reality. Yeah. So I always like to say. Um, she gave us the gift of imagining things differently uh, from uh, mm-hmm. the way we were experiencing mm-hmm. them uh, and that we learned how to sort of inhabit um, uh, our, through our imaginations, inhabit a better world, uh, uh, inhabit the future mm-hmm. at the same time as we were dealing with uh, you know, all of these uh, horrendous issues uh, uh, in the present.
2: And I want to share this note about mother too, uh, which I think uh, gives you a glimpse into her uh, perseverance, her strength, her determination, her vision. Um, She was orphaned when she was born and was taken in um, to a foster family in Sylacauga, uh, Alabama. And um, when she finished um, eighth grade, we didn't have middle schools back then. Um, It was, there was no high school uh, locally and it was expected that she would go work in some white person's house cleaning the floors and, you know, to support the foster family. And our mother begged her foster parents to let her go to the only black school in Alabama, which was in Birmingham, Alabama. Wow. Uh, She, you know, tried. She tried to persuade them. um, uh, She did everything in her power to get them to allow her to leave. But they would not relent. They wanted her to do what every girl, you know, uh, in her station and at her station in life at at that time of her life has to do. Uh, So she, at the age of 14, ran away, not knowing a soul in Birmingham. Alabama, not knowing anybody. 14. And was taken in wow. by the YWCA. Uh, I, today, um, you know, whenever I speak at YWCAs across the country, I always say, we owe a special debt of gratitude mm-hmm. to you because you took in our mother when there was mm-hmm. nobody else there. Um wow. and um so she went to high school at A. H. Parker High School, where Angela and, and I and my siblings also went. Um, and ended up uh, being the first Black woman to get a higher degree in early childhood education, uh, as Angela was saying, in New York. Wow. Uh, and, wow. and created a family, you know, of uh, four children that she never had. Um, mm-hmm. and, and we are still all very close. and um, Yeah, so
0: she's, she's really quite tight. Wow! Quite uh, a woman. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. I there's so many um, <laughs> there's so many directions we would love to go on this. I mean, just knowing more about your mother, knowing more about your siblings, and I mean, your story is so powerful. And I think there's something to just knowing who both of you are in the world, and then having a little bit of a view into where that comes from in you and the lineage that you stand in is I, – I have chills right now. Mm-hmm. It's just – it feels very powerful to hear the story of your mother. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. So now I'm just going to – I'm going to bring us to uh, the an, another question that we had for you all, which is around – Um your politicization, right? So, um, we've heard a little bit now in your conversation about the, you know, the political context and when you, in which you were growing up and Mm -hmm. some of the political orientation of your family, um, and the resistance, it sounded like that was like innate in the way that your family was existing inside this community. Um, one of the things that we're curious about is the for the two of you as young people coming up and eventually coming into you know your own practices as organizers we'd love to hear about your journey of politicization and um particularly you know that the moment of shift if if you would identify one where um you found yourself sort of taking on the the mantle of a particular organizing practice or a particular organizing lineage, um, you know, going from um, these are the practices of my family into like these are my practices, right? Mm-hmm. Um, that's one of the and and when uh, a you know additional sort of layer that we're curious about is how distinct those processes were for the two of you. Yeah. And how much in conversation they might've been.
4: Well,
3: um, I'm not even sure we can, we have the time to explore all of that. Uh, but, uh, and, you know, I have, um, I have repeatedly, um, uh, searched my memories, uh, uh, to attempt to discover a moment. Uh, uh, and I don't think I ever experienced uh, a kind of epiphany. Uh, um, for me, doing this work was is, 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 is a part of who I am and how I was reared. Uh, it's never been Something extraordinary. It's never been a, something that I've had to uh, reflect on deeply. It's it's it has just been the the, the most satisfying uh, way to live, and so my own mm-hmm. you know organizing practices and and activist practices have been. Um, I would say very promiscuous. I've done all kinds. Of
0: <laughs> From satisfaction to promiscuity, the right. Angela Davis
4: story. <laughs> you know,
3: I mean, I, you know, I, I, I can I can remember uh, reading the Communist Manifesto uh, when I was in the eleventh grade in high school, and and oh, wow, and deciding then that I was a communist. Uh, You know, long before I had any affiliations uh, 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 with the Communist Party, Um, and I—I mean, there are moments along the way, but Mm -hmm. but for me, it's just been about the way to inhabit uh, the earth. uh, You know, so Mm -hmm. that sometimes I've been um, uh, an active organizer doing the work of building organizations uh, you know sometimes i've, I've been involved uh, on a more cultural level uh, trying to explore the ways in which our, our consciousness can be transformed through uh, music yeah. and art uh, you know sometimes it's been about um, the scholarly work uh, sometimes it's been about the teaching sometimes you know it's been about uh um being a public uh, person in in the world. Sometimes it's been about uh, connecting with people behind bars. I just had this amazing conversation Mm. over Zoom with a group of uh, prisoners down in Southern California um, uh, who are a part of an inside out uh, um, educational uh, project. Uh, um, Mm. So I, you know, i and I could probably list uh uh a hundred or a thousand other ways in which uh, I um express that desire to bring about change in the world, uh, but I've never thought about it narrowly
4: yeah, yeah.
2: well, wow. and yeah, my story is very similar um yeah, what else is there? It's the mm-hmm. air we breathe. It's in our DNA, mm-hmm. it's in our bodies. Um, and let me just say this. Uh, you know, I'm four years younger than Angela and um, I spent a lot of my childhood just running behind her. <laughs> and uh-huh. I, wanna go to the, I wanna go to your party. Come on, let me go, let me go. No, I do no, you <laughs> too young. Um, I, I'm gonna I'm to hang out with you guys while you're listening to Jazz. Oh no no. And this went, would go on and on. And once in a while her friends would say, Fanya, come on, let her, let her, let her hang out with us. And it would be the happiest moment, you know, of the week for me. <laughs> and you know, I just adored her. I wanted to be like her. I wanted to follow her in her footsteps. Um, She went away, I went away, but my mother sent all of us away um, to go to school, you know, for a greater educational opportunity. But she majored in French. Mm. Um, I majored in French in college. (laughs) I forgot about all of that. (laughs) I I was the the prototypical, the iconic little sister in this relationship. And... um, And then, you know, whenever I had difficulties, like in marriage, I'd call my sister. I remember when we were, I had finished college and my then husband and I were down in Montgomery. Um, I wasn't working. He was working in a prison because he'd had some explosives charges from some work that we'd been doing in college. And he was, uh, they they sentenced him to go work in this prison in in Montgomery or something like that. Mm -hmm. But I wasn't doing anything. I was just being a housewife. So I'm dying, you know. And so I, I said, Angela, Angela, I'm just so unhappy. You know, what she, you know, commiserated. She says, why don't you just come on out to California? At the time she was in California at La Jolla studying with her with Marcuse. She said, just come on out here. And so uh, somehow, you know, he was able to work out with the parole board. We got into our white Buick and traveled across country. And Angela somehow got us into graduate programs. This was May 69, long after all the applications. <laughs> <laughs> Angela,
1: what is the <laughs> deal? We got into the <laughs> a pre med
2: graduate program. And she got me into a graduate philosophy programs where she was studying with and I was so excited about this. Yeah. Wow! Wow! Uh, that was short-lived. That only lasted four. But, but you also,
3: but you didn't. You failed to uh, mention that oh. when I, I when, when I went to uh, Germany to study, oh, uh, yeah. I
4: was I was yes. living
3: on one hundred dollars a month. Literally, right. Right. I had a, a, a fellowship, uh, and I was studying at the at the university in Frankfurt. Uh, um. And uh, Fanya um, absconded from our home in Birmingham, and ended up in Frankfurt. Uh, <laughs> and like I'm supposed to support her, I don't have any money to support myself.
1: <laughs> Girl, you should have written
2: a letter. I know. And I
3: said, Fanya, you got to get a job. You got to do something. <laughs> We cannot both survive on uh, $100 a month. She came and she she lived in this uh, space where I was living at the time, a huge factory. So fortunately, there was room. It didn't cost With that much. With cold water so. and no heat, right? Oh, <laughs> and wow. That's y'all. true. But I did get a
2: job. I did get a job at
3: the PX. That's, you that's got true. a job at the PX for a little Post while. But then she left. <laughs> Eventually, she left and went to Paris. And, and I'm in Frankfurt. She didn't write me um, uh, to let me know exactly what was happening. So I'm in Frankfurt, really concerned. Uh, you know, uh, where is my sister? What, what, what is she doing? So I actually traveled to Paris to try to find her. And I'll never forget, so nice. I tracked down these people and the, this person would say, yeah, I saw her about a, a, a month ago <laughs> and she was uh, heading in that direction. She was going to see this person. I, I think I, I talked to perhaps <laughs> about 20 people in Paris. And finally they said, oh, she's um, she's traveling with this group of performers. Uh, she's somewhere... Um, you know, maybe in Italy or Turkey or something like North, uh, North Africa, yeah. North Africa. It was North Africa, right? Wow. So that just gives you a snippet
4: of what our relationship wow. is. Wow. With, right?
0: It's a really good I... thing that you had studied French.
1: That's true. That's true. <laughs> well, I really love that. And I also, we, I don't know if y'all know this, but Autumn and I grew up in Germany as well. Oh, really? Um, are we... Spent formative time like for me I by the time I was 18 I spent half my life in Germany and autumn. Um it's about the same at that you know at that yeah, point like seven years. Um so where in yes. Germany? Budigan, Mannheim, and Bamberg. Oh wow,
0: yeah.
3: Was, wow. Yeah. yeah. Our father was military, yes. so yeah, he was yeah.
0: there. Our family was
3: stationed right. there multiple right. I times. I recognize so. the yeah especially my
4: yeah. yeah, you're oh, like, geez. I know what those are. Yeah. Yeah. I, I couldn't
2: hang in Germany for too long. It was, <laughs> had to get out of Germany. Yeah.
1: No, clearly mm-hmm. you had to go places, Fania. Yeah. You had to
2: go to North yeah, so, Africa, okay? But, but what I was about, uh, what I was getting at when I started this, this yeah. whole line of, 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 of narrative <laughs> is that um, I, I've always felt really close uh, to Angela and, And still feel close. I've always looked up to her and still look up to her. And and, Mm -hmm. uh, we have traveled, especially as I got older, um, uh, different paths in terms of our activism. Um, You know, Mm -hmm. not fundamentally different, but just different expressions. Um, And uh, it took a while, but I would say by the... I mean, I... um, was involved in the civil rights movement in Alabama and the voting rights movement there. And then when I went to college, I was involved in, well, in high school, when I went away up north to New Jersey, I could have gone to New York where Angela went. She went to the Elizabeth Irwin School. But I I didn't like all that concrete. I didn't think I could survive there in New York, you know, coming from the South. So mm-hmm. I went to a leafy suburb in in New Jersey. <laughs> And, and there, I was like the only political person, you know, um, in, in the whole uh-huh. community. It seemed so. I found myself constantly speaking up in class and and challenging people um, about racism. And um, and I think I was a class valedictorian. I talked about activism. Um, so unlike Angela, when she went to uh, high school in New York. There was already like a young communist league. You met Bettina and Margaret, you know, all of our old black communist friends were there. Uh, I was in an area where there was very little consciousness um, on, on political issues.
4: Uh-huh.
2: So I just read. You were the What's consciousness. <laughs> I, yeah, I mean, you were, you were the consciousness. <laughs> so I did a lot of reading yeah, and, me. you know, James Baldwin, especially and, and the boys and, and um uh, uh-huh that 's the way my activism expressed itself when I was in high school and then going to college uh, being involved in the in the student movement, the black student movement, uh, and taking over the yeah. the uh, administrative building there and um, then after graduating you know going down to south down south to Montgomery with my then husband and then coming out to California um, and Angela and I were traveling a very parallel track politically at that time.
4: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, and and then was, But let
3: me say something funny. Huh? You, you know, I, I just recently discovered that you and Ruthie Gilmore yeah. were at Swarthmore at the same time.
4: Right. At, yes. at the same time. Yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah. And, you know, that takeover of the administrative building, you know, to get more Black faculty and Black students enrolled. It was very controversial because the white president died in the midst of it. it. Yeah, we didn't have him, you know, he wasn't being forcibly held, but at home. Um, yeah, yeah. So, you know, we were on the cover of Time magazine and they accused us of uh, being killers and, and all of that. Um, oh but you know, after that, we went out to California, became involved in third world movements—the same movements that Angela was involved in. The takeover of the college because the demand of the students was to create a third world college, Lumumba Zapata. We were involved in that, and there was anti-war um, activity going on. And then, uh, Angela, you were up in 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 Los Angeles teaching. And we were still down in La Jolla and we started working with the Panther Party um, um, and visited their offices several times. And then shortly after that, the police invaded our home um, and almost killed my husband. Um, and mm-hmm. at that time, Angela was also in the headlines. Um, so uh, yeah. just months after that, Angela uh, was the target of uh, the FBI 10 Most Wanted list, a manhunt. Of course, everyone knows about that. And I became very involved yeah. in the struggle to free her. Uh, and we continued. I joined the Communist Party. too. You had already joined the party, Angela.
1: Uh-huh.
2: And so I learned a lot. I read Marx. I read Lenin and Ingels, and, uh, you know, went to party schools where that's all we studied for a full month, you know, seven or eight hours a day. And and so this continued this sort of parallel uh, political development until I would say the mid 90s where I became when I became very interested in healing and spirituality and and followed uh, uh, the call of my heart to go work with healers in Africa. I just felt that there was so much anger and, and so much fire in me that needed some balancing Um and yeah. um, and through dreams and um, a lot of synchronicity, uh, I was led to this healer uh, in South Africa, where I was initiated as a traditional healer. And since then, my activism has been very inspired by and informed by uh, those experiences. And and uh, and that's where where I think when you talk about distinctions in our activism. I would say that that emphasis yeah. on spirituality. Um, um, I mean, Angela meditates and she does yoga. Uh, so, you know, there's, and she is interested in healing. Um, and, and that's part of her practice. I'll let you speak for yourself. But, but for, 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 me, <laughs> for me, it's really, you know, a very essential part. And, and, and it's the heart of who I am in the world and what I do. Yeah.
0: So. Angela, do you want to speak to your um, godlessness?
4: <laughs> 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 well, you know, there,
3: um, there are. I mean, I, I'm, I'm just reflecting on the ways in which uh, uh, we pursued this sort of parallel trajectory and I, I don't yes. know whether I ever really quite thought of it that way um, um you know I was fired from my job at Ucla and 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 the focus of of, of all of this um, intense publicity um, Fanya ends up uh, uh, being in a situation where she and her husband were charged with um, what was it um, attempted murder a, of police officers murder of a police officer a uh, of police officer yeah. yes so um, so we were dealing with 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 all of that and of course when i was uh, uh, eventually arrested fanya was the main person in the campaign uh, to free me yeah. she traveled all literally all over mm. the world it's so funny because um, people often um, see us, they conflate our images, and, and I've gone to places and people said, well, I heard you when you came here and spoke in 1971. <laughs> You're like, that's impossible. I was in jail in 1971. <laughs> I could not have. Yeah, I, um, it wasn't me. But 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 I I, I, oh. I think that um, where I may have influenced her, um, uh, politically, intellectually, in many ways, she's also influenced me, uh, uh, and and I've I've always been totally impressed by the uh, by her meditation practices and her yoga practices. Uh, I started doing yoga when I was in jail, and I did it on and off, but she's had a um, she's had a consistent practice uh, for. Uh, many, many years. How many years? We would say maybe 40 years or so? Uh, probably, yeah, since the 70s,
2: 30, yeah. Close, 50, years, on 50 years. i not I'm always that wow. consistent, I have to say.
1: Well,
3: from, from where I stand, <laughs> I mean, I guess you can have a few that, years
1: in all that that and,
3: aren't totally and, and I've you know also come to uh, recognize how important it is to um, incorporate healing and spirituality into our activism, mm. I'm. I'm. I think I'm. I'm. I, I've come to that uh, later than my sister, but yeah. I've certainly been influenced by the work that she's done in the area of, of restorative justice, uh, uh, and um, mm. and so. Um, yeah, I think it's been a kind of a, a mutual admiration society. <laughs>
4: yeah. and mutual, influence.
3: I really love that. Not when we were little,
2: though. I love that. Not when we were little.
1: When you were little, it was go like way, more one way. way. But then, as you've gotten older, it's
4: been <laughs> like. Yeah. But
1: so actually, I love talking with y'all because you anticipate where we're heading. You all know, you know, like each thing that we were like, we want to ask you this. You're like, we're already here. So you're starting to tell us a bit about your sibling. Um, Angela, since you were just telling us about Fanya, I'll come to you first. Is there anything else that you feel like, I wish everyone knew this about Fania? Like, I really wish I need people to know this about my sibling.
3: Um, well, you know, I... To tell the truth, um, I, and I, I may be absolutely wrong about this, uh, but I okay. always considered myself more grounded. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, Fanya, Fanya uh, would uh, get an idea, and <clears throat> regardless of, of, of what um, obstacles there might have been, she would pursue it, you know. Hmm. When, when, for example, she came, when <laughs> she showed up on my doorstep, on the factory doorstep of the place where I was living in Germany at the time, my parents did not even know she had left. Wow! She literally oh, ran man. away, <laughs> and that's in Europe, right? in In, in 1960, <laughs> ni- when was it? 1966 or something like that. Yeah. Uh, uh, and, and and so I don't
2: remember um,
4: not
3: telling uh, mother and
2: daddy, Angela. I, I don't I don't know if that's your embellishment. <laughs> Where did you get the money?
3: Where did you get the money for the plane ticket? Oh, they did not know. They did not I have know. No idea. Yeah. So uh, and I remember the time when I was at home in Birmingham with with my parents, and and you were in Turkey. And, and Mother said uh, um, that you had written to, to ask for mo- more money. You needed some money. You were traveling somewhere in Turkey. And there was an earthquake there. And uh, you don't know how Mother suffered because she convinced herself that you had been killed in this earthquake. Uh, and I said, well, Mother, you should send her the money. But she said Mother would say, but <laughs> I think she got killed in the earthquake. <laughs> oh no! So and 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 weeks went by before we finally heard from you uh, that you were okay. Oh my god! I can't wow. even
1: imagine. And that. So I
3: I was comforting mother that entire time. Uh, and so that's what I mean. <laughs> that's what you that's want the world experience. to know about me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. I think there's something really admirable about uh, a person who pursues her dreams. Yeah. Uh, yes. Yeah. Who does who who doesn't listen to anyone else, uh, but uh, you know, who can't be restrained. Uh, and I think mm. I think the the your interest in dance and 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 um and that's another practice that you pursued, yeah. which. Yeah. You know, I've I, I've really admired your dance practice uh, for decades and decades. Uh, um, mm. But yeah, uh, you, you know, there were some moments though <laughs> when I we was. were really
2: really worried about your <laughs> I think you. You got to put some shade on it, you know.
0: <laughs> right, 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 right. <laughs> I love that you're a free spirit and.
1: You terrified everyone, but that's amazing. And we're gonna
2: tell all now. Um, who really terrified the family? I mean, like, you know, <laughs> being on the FBI's most wanted list, and you know, capital yeah. charges of murder and conspiracy, and didn't <laughs> well, Who terrified the family?
3: Well, that was for the struggle, and so you know.
2: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And you know, you know. So
1: Fanya no, no, let me
3: I was talking about Fanya being in the forefront of um, organizing the campaign, the international campaign. My mother was yes. also uh, uh, really involved. There's this is wonderful picture of her holding uh, Fania's daughter Issa when Issa was probably about two, three or four months old. <clears throat> Fanya was in Europe. My mother was keeping Issa. Um, and my mother is speaking at a rally, holding the baby in one hand, and her fist was up in the air. You know? Oh, yeah. For me, that,
2: that's just. Um, I want that picture. You know? I haven't seen it in a while. I was thinking about it the other day. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Oh, I love that. We have to rediscover it. Maybe y'all can share a copy with us so we can we can post as part of the collage for y'all. Um, but Fanya, My turn to tell turn. all.
4: Yeah, tell tell all the team.
1: What do people need to know that you think they don't know um, about your don't sister,
2: Angela? Um, Angela is very good with her hands. You know, of course, mm-hmm. everybody knows about her mind. Um Yeah, Um, when we were little um, during the summer when my mother would send us to this community center where we'd learn how to uh, sew, um, Angela excelled at sewing and she made not just simple skirts, you know, but shirts and dresses and And the detail would just be fabulous. And I always admired that (laughs) and looked at my little raggedy stuff. And (laughs) hers was always just um, so beautiful. And also in Girl Scouts, we um, learned how to carve the leather to make those handbags. Remember, Angela? And she Mm. was so good at creating these beautifully crafted leather handbags. She also was an amazing pianist. I remember Rachmaninoff. I forgot what piece that was that you'd always play. And, um, you know, I I took piano lessons too, but I, you know, maybe I was too flighty. Maybe I wasn't as grounded. (laughs) Um, But I I didn't excel in that way. Later on, though, with drums and and, uh, flute, uh, I really focused. But uh, also, she's a gardener. She's an incredible gardener. Um, and if you ever come visit, you'll have oh, to cool. see the garden. Um, mm-hmm. And she can fix zippers mm-hmm. really well. What? Oh, yeah. Oh, that's that's <laughs> my go-to person whenever my zipper is broken.
1: <laughs> that's great. Well, that is a very useful post-apocalyptic tool, you know?
3: But I think I inherited from my father. My father could fix anything. Ah. so. So I, you know, I not only do the sewing and so forth, but I fix things around the house. I, I'm the plumber. All the butch points. Yeah, the other day we, we, we had like this huge, huge downpour, and our uh, gutter came down. And so you were like, I not
1: today gutter.
3: <laughs> so, so I had to put, put the gutter back up, in in and 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 the um, this flood like rain uh, so i do <laughs> things like that without thinking yeah. Yeah. Computer, I, love
4: co- that. I
1: love that i love that for right. you yeah. not technology no no, no. 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 i love I, that's different that's different but i love that for you i love that for gina you know it's it's very exciting to have at least one person in any given family and any given household who's not afraid rains. <laughs> <laughs> especially during torrential rains yeah. um, in California so um wow this has been truly a pleasure being in conversation with y'all um, and getting to go through these questions and we have this last little segment that we want to move through with y'all that's called top culture and basically what we share with each other it can be from any time any place sometimes especially if it's autumn she brings in very very, um, classical material into it. Um, and, but it's, what is getting you through? <laughs> <a> true nerd. <laughs> what kind of, you know, you're a nerd, but what are the books, shows, music, plays, dance, art, like what is the culture, cultural artifacts in the world that are kind of keeping you afloat, exciting you, inspiring you these days?
0: Autumn, do you have one? <clears throat> Well, first of all, I'm just like I'm also a fan of Rachmaninoff, and I also used to play the piano. Um,
1: I know, me too, and I am also <laughs> playing.
0: I know. I was like, I'm actually a leech. <laughs> I know. So I'm gonna... There's all all of the different careers that we could have had. Um, I would say, I mean, I already brought this up on a previous episode, um, so listeners when they hear this will know that I had just recently. This year, finally started watching How to Get Away with Murder. And as of last (laughs) night, I finally finished it. I finished the final episode of season six last night. I cried. Um, I had a really hard time going to sleep after it was over just because it was over. Um, I'm still (laughs) working through so many feelings about the way that it ended. Um, Viola Davis is a genius Yes. Um. One of the things I really appreciate about the show, having consumed all six seasons of it in a short period of time, yes, is how consistent the writing of the show was across all six mm-hmm. seasons, and mm-hmm. how consistent the um arc for the characters were. Which yes. as anyone who consumes TV knows that that consistency is a really hard thing to accomplish mm-hmm. in a multi-season show because once you change writer hands, usually. Things start yeah. to kind of go off the rails and <clears throat> characters yep. start making choices that don't make sense. But that show um, was with, with all of the unpredictableness and all of the drama and the murders he didn't expect, the characters mm. still did what made sense for the characters to do. Um, That's true. Mm. And I'm glad that um, Annalise Keating lived a long life, even if yeah. it was filled with suffering
1: yes <laughs> thank you for that amazing recommendation um that top culture uh what about for you fanya
2: uh for me um mm-hmm. well um dance uh i haven't been doing it recently because i've got a knee issue that i'm working through but uh afro-cuban dance an
4: amazing
2: teacher that she teaches online yeah and she teaches the dances of the Orisha, of Yemoja, Oshun, in a very popular format, though. It's not real, it's not like folklorical purely. Uh, she'll just be doing some salsa and stuff, and then suddenly she'll get into a Yemoja thing, you know, oh, wow. or a, a Shango step. Uh, but, and she's very knowledgeable, so when she does the Yemoja or Shango or uh, Orisha steps, they are authentic. Uh, wow. So I just I love that class. Um and um in terms of um books, um ever since I read Emergent Strategy, I got a I got a new perspective on uh, science fiction, on fiction. Oh yay.
4: Fiction. Yeah,
2: you really turned me on to um, a genre that I had always shied away from because it's number white men, you know, in spacesuits. Yeah, you know, but yeah I- <laughs> totally
1: understood. Yeah.
2: So after reading that, I read um, uh, Octavia Butler's most of her books, and then I got
0: uh, Adele
2: Yemi's trilogy. I got 4's yeah. trilogy. Good. Yeah. yeah. Yes. So and the whole you know idea of immersing myself in new worlds yes. is. Um, It's just very nourishing in these times, especially when we are birthing new worlds, you know. That's so so.
1: good. (laughs) Yep. My tail is wagging.
2: Just one last thing. One last thing that's really helping me um, in these times is cradling my little grandniece who's three months old and holding her and with as much tenderness as I can muster, you know, mm-hmm. loving her, loving up on her in every possible way that I can and making sure she's comfortable in every way. Mm. I love who I am around Camille. Yeah, that, that that's a lot. And we'll see her uh. for, the, for the upcoming holiday, which shall remain nameless. <laughs> uh, yeah, Angela, we're gonna we gonna be you know with a bunch of the family and they'll be there. Yeah.
1: Oh, yummy, mm-hmm. baby time. Mm-hmm. Uh, what about for you, Angela? What's your top culture?
3: Okay, well, <clears throat> I th- I think I'm gonna talk about uh, uh, working on this book oh, now. Uh,
1: yes, talk about it.
3: Uh, well, we we just finished a book. Uh, I I. W- Wrote a book with Gina, Gina Dent, uh, Beth Ritchie, Erica Minas, and it's called Abolition Feminism Ooh, Now. Right? And um, so, and that's just to set up the, the answer to the cultural uh, question that you ask. Uh, so, um, this experience of, of, of writing um, collaboratively was amazing. It was hard, it was difficult, but it was really amazing. So now uh, Gina and I are collaborating with Terry Lynn Carrington, the jazz drummer,
4: Ah.
3: to write a book on um, the jazz pianist, Mm -hmm. Jerry Allen, who passed away a couple of years ago. And so we're involved in, in, in interviewing people about, Jerry and listening to her music we're like immersing ourselves in her music and you know I, I saw Jerry Allen for the first time in the 1980s and it, it, this was this young black woman in her 20s uh, who was this amazing uh, uh, pianist uh, the only pianist that Ornette Coleman ever recorded wow. with uh, uh, and and someone who's had this um, incredible influence on so many other jazz musicians, uh, but of course, because of the influence of patriarchy on jazz, uh, she's not very well known. Uh-huh. So Terry Lynn, uh, who's, um, whom I've known for over 30 years now, we've been close friends for many, uh-huh. many years, she has a an institute at the Berkeley um, College of Music that is called Institute for Jazz and Gender Justice, and their theme, their theme is jazz without patriarchy. Oh, yes. Jazz without patriarchy. I'm here yes. for it. So, so I, 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 I'm, I'm listening to Jerry all day long, and it's so wonderful to hear uh, the, uh, uh, the, 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 the music that she uh, be, uh, began to. Uh, uh, make when she was very young, which is uh, uh, you know very um, complicated and full of dissonances and uh, mm-hmm. uh, the sort of the most avant-garde forms of jazz, and then she follows this trajectory that leads her back to more traditional forms. Oh, uh, mm-hmm. uh, and and so we're thinking about um, that um, you know that trajectory, but we're also thinking about the fact that. Uh, Terry Lynn describes her as a as a low-key militant and 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 how she used jazz uh, to make change in the world. So I am so excited about that. It's about it's about doing intellectual work, but at the same time experiencing aesthetic pleasure. Yes. Uh, mm-hmm. Combining those two. Beautiful. Wow. Um, Can't
4: wait. I love both so of
0: exciting. y'all's top culture. <clears throat>
1: I know. I was like, y'all really understood the assignment. That's so exciting. Um,
0: (laughs) Adrian, what have you got for us?
1: Well, um, a few things. One is I made a playlist recently of Black women roots singers. Uh, My friend Janine kind of put me on because I've been listening to the singer named Valerie June for a while and loving her music. and then so um, Janine was like actually there's all these other women who are doing that singing as well and and so she sent me and she was like Allison Russell Shamikia Copeland
4: clouds opened up rain pouring from the sky Part of town, they
1: Joy Ola Dokun. Sometimes your life feels like a broken roller coaster,
4: a thousand useless moving parts.
1: Um, Brittany Spencer,
4: if a half empty stomach makes you hangry, imagine life for people on the street.
1: Amethyst Kai
4: Late
3: at night when I feel alone. I cry in darkness, screaming to the unknown, cause she's never coming
1: back. <laughs> I just made a playlist. I'll I'll put the link in the show notes. But I've been it's giving me the right feeling for this time where it's like, Okay, I need to find my boots. I need to like Remember that it's nice to just sit on the porch, you know, I need to like be at the pace of this moment. Um, And that music really gets me there. Um, I've been watching this season of The Voice, and it's giving me a lot of pleasure. There's a lot of incredible singers on the show right now. Um, and I'm not caught up. Oh I'm God. exactly I'm behind so I'm still in the part where it's awesome before the voting part <laughs> happens and then America shows out and ruins it
2: it's the, se- the season of the so the, the, show the show is season. called the
1: voice the show is called the voice okay. and it's oh, like okay. I love it as a singer I love it because it's designed where the judges are facing away and they have to pick based solely on the voice like the judges turn around only if they're moved by the voice and that's the determining factor and then you know it goes from there so you end up with much better voices than a lot of the talent shows where it's all like um i don't know she looks blonde so anyway it's it's really wonderful
3: so john john legend and kelly clarkson are are the judges right yeah
1: exactly they're two of the judges right now and blake shelton and then ariana grande is the fourth judge this year and she is shocked me. I'm like, she's, she's hilarious. wonderful. She's funny. Mm. She's compassionate. She cries when I want to cry. When like, I always notice that. I'm like, when people are singing, I'm like, which of the judges is having the reaction that I'm having right now? <laughs> um, it's usually Kelly Clarkson. Um, but <laughs> we're usually standing up like, yes, girl. Anyway, so those are some top culture things from me. Um, mm. Oh, I've also been reading How to Go Mad Without Losing Your Mind. Um, yeah, Lamar Jarrell Bruce and then Black Food from Bryant Terry um, is a gorgeous, gorgeous, yes. gorgeous I'm so glad he finally art. published he another book. He never ever made, he's my brother from forever ago. I love Bryant dearly and I'm so proud of him for this gorgeous offering. <sighs> we did it.
0: Oh. <sighs> Thank you both so much for being with us and for sharing a part of Mm -hmm. your story. Um, I wish that we could have just gone so much longer and heard so much more detail, but this taste was just delicious. And also just watching the two of you read each other a little bit was wonderful.
1: We're really grateful y'all made time for us and really grateful for your lives, I, I, I'm i sure you hear about it all the time, and yet I'm pretty sure you'll never know what a huge impact y'all have had on on us and on history. Um, and it's amazing. It's just amazing to get to Kiki with you, um, given all that. So thank you so much.
2: Thank you both so much. And thank you, Angela. It's been just a really wonderful, fun uh, time together uh, that I won't forget. And I, I just love you too um, and
3: look forward to getting to know you uh, even better yes well let me let me uh, say ditto to everything uh, Fanya said and it's 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 always really a joy um Adrian to m- spend time with you both in in real time and also in virtual time and it's been so amazing uh to 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 meet you autumn uh oh thank uh, you this is our first time right this is our first time yeah absolutely uh and and i'm so impressed and thank you i i love it that you love retman (laughs) and (laughs) all
0: there's not a lot of us out here anymore Thanks for listening to our show. We are so geeked out and we're on Twitter and Instagram at End of the World PC. We're also on Facebook at End of the World Show.
1: You can make a sustaining donation to our show by visiting our page at patreon.com slash End Show.
0: Another incredible thing you can do to help our show sustain itself is to write us a review on Apple Podcasts if you are an iPhone person. Thank you.
1: How to survive the end of the world is produced and edited by the incredible zach rosen and i just want to take a moment shout out to zach um, who amongst many many people has been supporting danny finster as he went through this process of being on trial in myanmar being um, booked for 11 years and then being freed and danny Fenster is now home Um, so congratulations to Danny, to your whole family for making it back. And we we know it's a massive miracle, um, and sending that love out to, to Zach, who's good friends with Danny and we know is very happy this week. Um, and also we're transcribed by the incredible Jess Pinkham.
4: Music for today's show comes from Tunde Alaniran and Mother Cyborg.